Hi guys, welcome to Striving Together, Conversations Worthy of the Gospel. This is your host, Jacob Young. I had the pleasure of being the lead pastor and planter at King's Cross Church here in Manchester, New Hampshire, and we are a church plant with Sovereign Grace Churches, which is why we're having these conversations. Right, the purpose of this podcast is really super simple. I have conversations with my friends in Sovereign Grace Churches because I want my friends and the people I love at King's Cross Church to get to know them. It's really simple. We're just going to talk about Jesus and talk about these guys and get to know them. And I am super excited for you guys to get to know these friends of mine in Sovereign Grace Churches because I want them to have an impact on your life the way they have had an impact on my life. So here's the format of what we're going to do. I'm just going to have an interview with these guys and then I'm going to break it into 15, 20 minute sections. I'll post those, you know, once a week, and then at the end of that time, I'll post a full interview if you want to, you know, do the long form thing. I'm really excited about this, and I hope you guys enjoy this interview today. This week, we're picking up where we left off with Mark from last week. Hope you enjoy the interview. Well, Mark, I wanted to ask you, at the last council, speaking of the Council of Elders and your role uh, with Sovereign Grace, at the last Council of Elders, um, you mentioned that we, we alluded to the crisis, we kind of walked through these very kind of turbulent years, kind of figuring out who we are and what we're doing and moving forward. and. At the Council of Elders this last year, you kind of laid out this vision of not only just kind of surviving or doing well, which is, I think, where we're at right now, but going on to thrive as a family of churches. I'd love to hear kind of what, uh, fill that out for me and then kind of talk me through, like, what does that look like for us right now? Like, so we're three months into you doing the, putting that forward us, for us at the Council of Elders. Um, how are we doing with that? What can we be doing better? I'd just love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for asking that question. Yeah, at the Council of Elders meeting, I I had said that if you took our last few years and you laid it on a continuum and you you broke that into three phases: crisis, stability, and growth. Felt like we'd come to the crisis that we were stabilized and stepping towards growth. Although I don't think really growing as you use the word thriving quite yet. And so, really asking the question: What do we need to do to move from stability to growth or stability to, to thriving, which I think God has us on that on that path. Let, let me just say, first of all, that as you look back over those few years, I, I don't want this to be lost. It, it really is remarkable that in the midst of all the trouble and the turmoil that we we haven't lost our, our gospel centrality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nor have we shifted in our, our essential theological convictions. Um, and that could have happened. You know, we could have we could have lost that, and we could have shifted our theological convictions, but we didn't. And I just think that's the grace of God on our lives. Um, yeah. And if it, if anything, I think our our gospel centrality and some of our theological convictions actually have been strengthened as a result of the trouble and the trial. Yeah, I'd agree with so, that. So, yeah. Do you agree with that? I w- I would. Yeah. I mean, I think that. Um... I think that we went, we, we learned how to apply not only the gospel centrality that we enjoy uh, to kind of our normal life, but then in the midst of the hurricane, begin to, to anchor down 
and to apply the gospel a bit more uh, dynamically, potentially, um, to our lives and our lives together as a church, maybe, as a, and our unity together as a church. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's encouraging to hear. I think in terms of, you know, your question about how do we get to the thriving part or how do we get to the place where we're growing. And what I mean by growth is not simply, and I think this is what you mean by thriving, not simply numerical thriving or numerical growing, but actually um, discipleship that's occurring in our churches so that um, we, we are building happy, holy, godly churches. Um, so that kind of growth, growth spiritually is what I mean, um, I think is really, really important. Uh, it includes numerical growth, but it's not limited to that only. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, we, we've been kicking around as a, as a leadership team. What are the steps we need to take to do that? And we've we've got a list of things. I'll, I'm going to mention some of them to you. I, we feel like that um, uh, we need to strengthen our our communication overall within Sovereign Grace as a as an organization, if you can say it that way. Um, because there, first of all, there's a lot happening, and we're not effectively communicating all of that. And then, secondly, what I think what what I want, desire, what I'm praying for, is through effective communication, we can cast vision for truly being a global family of churches. Um, so the world, you know, changed. I mean, we're, we're much more globally connected than ever before. And that opens up opportunities for everyone to reach every tribe, tongue, and nation with the gospel. Um, so I'm sure in Manchester, you've got the world coming to you. Yeah. Um, and so you've got different nationalities that are there. Um, so we can fulfill the Great Commission whether we reach out to our neighbor across the street or we do travel to another country or we do both. So seeing that we're called to be a global family of churches and fulfilling the Great Commission and communicating that effectively um, is something I feel like we need to grow in um, to get to that place of, of thriving. Um, and sort of with communication, I link this to communications in terms of um, thriving and what I mean by growing spiritually is um, starting to publish or produce and publish resources again mm. that can... Um, yeah. Be, be beneficial to our pastors and members of our churches. Um, so, for example, I think that we need a resource again on small group ministry. Uh, we used to have a book called Why Small Groups. Um, I think that's that needs updated or write a new one to just uh, explain the benefit of fellowship within small groups in the local church context as one example of that. That's um, excellent. Yeah. So that's something we have to do. I think the, the other thing that I'm that we're talking a lot about is expand the utility of the, of the pastors' college. So the current model we have for the pastors' college of guys moving to Louisville for ten months to be able to be trained in such a unique setting. I mean, you went, Jacob. You know what it's like. Um, it's not just academic or theological instruction. There's fellowship. There's pastoring of the students that happens there. Um, and it plays out in the context of a local church where you can see it somewhat lived out. Yeah. Expanding, I think we'll always have that model, but expanding it to, to more long-distance learning so that we can equip uh, bivocational pastors who can't take a, a, a year off work and keep their job, or 
we, how do we train? We've got 20 churches in the Philippines right now interested in it being adopted into Sovereign Grace. So even if we adopted five of them, how do we how do we effectively equip those men to be pastors? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they need long distance type of, of instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, is what I'm talking about with the pastors' college. And I think that's a part of being uh, a global family of churches to lay it into the bigger picture. Um, that's a part of it. We we've also got to figure out, and this is something I've given Rich Richardson to do, who's our director of global missions. How do we fund church planting and global missions efforts globally? So we've got right, a lot right. of clarity on how to fund church plants here in the States. Uh, you've got funding from Sovereign Grace and planting uh, King's Cross Church. Yep, but yep. We're, we're very grateful for that, for that funding as well. Super grateful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, we're cur- currently planting a church in Croatia, and we don't really have good clarity of how to fund that yet. Um, and right. we'll probably plant a church in Kingston, Jamaica, in the next couple of years. How do we fund that? So, and do you mean that I, is that because of, are there legal issues involved with transferring money across country lines, or are there other dynamics there? No, it's primarily it's primarily a, a, a budget issue. Like it's restructuring our budget. So, right, I we've got, you. got we've got you know a defined amount here in the states. For a church plant, some of that comes from Sovereign Grace Central, some of that comes from the region, some of that comes from potentially a church plant doing its own fundraising. Those are all pieces. Uh, we don't have that defined overseas, outside of the states. Um, so gotcha. it's getting a plan like that in place. And if Sovereign Grace Central is going to give money towards that, which I think we should, then we've got to restructure our budget somehow. And I think what that means partly is greater sacrifice on the part of our churches here in the States to help fund church planting outside of the United States. Um, simply because we just got the majority of our churches here in the States. You know, there's probably 70 or so churches here in the States, and there's another 12 to 15 outside of the States. Um, so most of the money's here in the States, is what I mean by that. Right, of course. And it, the giving now is... You know, some of that money goes to the region. Would would regional assembly of elders make decisions to help fund a church plant in Jamaica or Croatia, for right. example? As I mean to help fund it. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think we got. An, I think I got an email about that for our region, uh, considering uh, as a region supporting out of our own budget. Mm. Right. Right. So I think that that with that that is not just a a decision pastors have to consider. I think members of our church is also um, having that global vision for what we're doing and uh, expanding or advancing the gospel is a better way to say it around the world calls for their participation through prayer, um, through vocal outreach, um, but also um, being willing to serve on mission teams that would go overseas right, or you know, a short-term mm-hmm. mission team that would help serve a church plant. And then even to give financially where the Lord might lead. Um, and so we're trying to structure our mission fund so that uh, people can, members of our churches can give money to Sovereign Grace, but they can direct where it goes. So we've got a, like a, um, a global category. The money given in that fund mm-hmm. goes to work overseas. Right. 
That's excellent. That's really exciting. I mean, I love that we're trying to think about how we can sacrifice in our own budget for the sake of advancing the gospel to uh, to more accurately reflect our broader and global family of churches. That's excellent, Mark. I love that. Yeah, me too. May God provide. Yeah, no kidding. So, Mark, I mean, you 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 know on. this, Jacob, and the members of your church know this. Uh, mission becomes more real when you have to sacrifice for it. Yeah, it takes a different it takes on a, a deeper and different meaning when you have to sacrifice for it. Yeah, well, it's been. I'm I'm, I'm sure you see this with with your role being able to see several avenues that the Lord is doing mission, but even locally, it's been amazing to me to watch. There's always this, um, a bit of an anxiety with the sacrifice, which I think is natural of like, what's, you know, I'm going to sacrifice either my time or my comfort or my finances. Um, and what's going to happen? Cause it's, you're sacrificing. It's a bit of an unknown future because you're giving up what you've known. Um, I've always seen God, uh, surprisingly provide, um, either in growing people in ways that you hadn't foreseen, uh, providing finances in ways you hadn't foreseen, or propelling the mission in ways you hadn't foreseen. Um, it's it's always just super encouraging of like, yeah, okay, God's going to provide for us. Like, it's going to be okay, but a part of the God's provision for us is calling us to sacrifice for the sake of the mission. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hi guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Striving Together, Conversations Worthy of the Gospel. If you'd like to learn more about King's Cross Church, listen to our sermons, read our blogs, check anything out, you can visit us at kingscross.church. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at podcast at kingscrossmanchester.com. By the way, the music for this episode is done by one of our worship leaders, Matt Litzinger. You can hear more about Matt's incredible music, get his EP, get all of his great stuff at mattlitzingermusic.com. So that's Matt, M-A-T-T, Litzinger, L-I-T-Z-I-N-G-E-R, music.com. Matt is the warm comfort you feel when you walk into your family's home for Christmas dinner. Have a great week. Talk to you later.